You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. Mary's Catholic Church here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us this morning. It's been a great morning already, and now it's banter time, which is one of my favorite times with you, Father. There we go. Well, here we go. There you go. Now you get to inspire. Something like that. No, I wanted to chat a little bit about... uh, one of the celebrations we're doing this Sunday, so everybody yeah. can get prepared. Yes. Get their pink clothing out. Yes. It's Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete. Gaudete. I like the way you say that. I say Gaudete. Is that wrong? I don't. I don't know. Come on, Father. Gaudete. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. We could ask Father Darren Schmidt. He when and when he's on, he's okay. a better Latinist than I am. <laughs> Uh, which uh, is rejoice. It uh, comes from actually the intro for the mass. So at the beginning of mass, there's a little prayer that can be said. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, rejoice in the Lord always. So we're going to rejoice. It's not an option. Uh, they're not asking your opinion. They're telling you rejoice. Well, and I find it interesting because it's the, it's the third Sunday of Advent. And isn't the third Sunday of Lent also? Fourth. Fourth. The fourth. Darn, I was so, way off. Yep, nope, that's all right, though. But it's the third. It is the third. So we light a but pink candle. But they mirror candle. each other. They do, in the sense of, they mirror each other, in, in we would say, in the sense of the closeness to the end. Okay. You know? So, like, if you're ever doing something, once you're over the halfway mark, there's, like, this, like, hope, like... You, it gets y- a little excited. It, right? Yeah. You know, the, there's the joke, the guy that was going to swim across the English Channel, and he got halfway and decided he couldn't do it, so he swam back. <laughs> right right so but in anything right if once you get to that sorry bad joke bad joke no uh, that's so, so once you get about us. over halfway like there is this like i can do this like i've gotten this far mm-hmm. so the church is like you made it you know you still got a little ways to go but you've made it this far you can you can make it the rest the of church it. really is like a parent yeah oh my gosh yeah um, yep, and so we light a pink candle, but I and the priest, if he has it, will wear a pink or rose-colored vestment. Um, and I, I love it. I have one. You know, when mm-hmm. I was in uh, uh, SDSU uh, and had the parish St. Paul's in white, I was telling them all the liturgical colors, and I said the color that w- most priests don't have is rose. Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to buy a vestment you wear twice a year? Well, they bought me one. Did they? Yeah. So every time, and they said this, every time you wear it, Father, you got to think and pray for us. So twice a year, I don my rose-colored vestment, and I think of the people of white. I love it. Yeah. So, and it makes a whole, I mean, like, when you walk out, people are like, whoa, yeah. okay, here we are. Yeah. Versus just lighting a pink candle. Like, yeah. Okay, we lit the pink candle. That's nice. So I, I always know. tell As my people. As a kid, I was always very excited to see that. The pink one. Pink one. It's lit. closer. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, and I tell people to wear something pink as well. We should be liturgical. In our life, like, so put on some pink if you got it. So hopefully we'll have some pink at St. Mary's. I'm going to wear pink. I've got this really bright pink. Yeah. Yeah, well, why not? Like, I know. Father Jordan's going to be like, oh, that father. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then I, so, so to the guys, I'm like, in solidarity. Come on. In solidarity with me, wear something pink. Wear something pink. So. So why pink? Uh, Because it's joyful. It's. It's a bright color. Um, yeah. Okay. So it just sort of reflects something other than purple. <laughs> right. Which is penitential and kingly. 
Right. So then, what are the colors of Christmas? White. White, 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 white. white. Lots of white. Same with Easter. Yep. So you'll sometimes see in the middle of uh, Advent wreath a white candle, you know, and so Mm -hmm. then they'll light that one on Christmas itself uh, for that. So yeah. So we'll hear a lot about rejoicing this weekend. Very good. Yay. We made it. So what else is going on? Oh, and we're going to, this is a, a custom. It's not done all the time uh, in every place. So lots of people may not even know about it, but we're going to bless the baby Jesuses. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, it's just a tradition to bring your baby Jesus uh, from your nativity <laughs> scene uh, to church. And it's a beautiful blessing uh, talking about, you know, may this image remind us of the humanity of Christ or God who became human. You know, that idea of like, this isn't just a, a little scene, but it has the ability to really draw us in mm-hmm. uh, in the midst of it. And, I, and again, what I also am trying to do is to continue to encourage families to live this. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you don't have to tell them to decorate for Christmas. You don't have to tell them to, all of that. But to be able to say, you know, an Advent wreath and a nativity scene are just as important to us as the Christmas tree and, you know, mm-hmm. everything else that you're going to decorate in the midst of it all. So we'll see uh, who all brings their baby Jesus. <laughs> we'll bring the one. We've got the baby Jesus for our nativity scene, and then I've got mine, and I'll bring it out, and we'll bless baby Jesus. See how many mothers are nervously sitting in the aisles. Yeah. Well, and I did tell Don't the kids. Break baby I told Jesus. the kids, um, you can't be bringing the big baby Jesus from your outdoor nativity scene. Right? <laughs> like, we don't want you hauling around big baby Jesus. There's no uh, room. We, we want just the littler ones, the ones that are easy to haul around. So I'm sure the parents were like, we're skipping oh. next week, Father. We're going, we're going to Christ the King or something. I don't know. Wherever they're not doing it. <laughs> wherever they're not. But I think these are the things that are helpful uh, in my mind mm-hmm. when you're trying to, to say to a family, you know, it's not just that you you know things, but that you really see that the faith really enters in, you know, uh, to, to your life and mm-hmm. that your kids get excited about these things. Yeah. And, it's a way to get them involved, too. Yeah. And you never know. You know, you never know how the kids are going to inspire you with the way in which they see something. Right, right. You know? Well, and something struck a chord with me when we were talking with Renee Kranz the last time, and then you said something just now um, about the humanity of Christ. And she was talking about how sometimes she struggles with the humanity of Mary sure. because she was born without original sin. Right. So... I know that a lot of people probably struggle with that. Well, of course, Jesus was God. Mm-hmm. Mary was without sin. How do we relate to them on a humanity level? Well, that's a big question. It, it is a big question. And it is the reality of, you know, at least for Mary, that it was through grace. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was grace. So the fact that she was sinless, it was grace given to her. Um, and so this real question of, am I receptive to grace? You know, and again, you mentioned Bishop DeGroote earlier in the program. And Bishop DeGroote will always say, we just have to receive it. Right. And be honest and say, sometimes we won't receive it. Sometimes we close ourselves off to the grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and we use our humanity or our, our struggles or our challenges as an excuse for not becoming holy. Hmm. You know, or we say, well, they don't understand. Right. You know, and I'm like, well, they do understand some things. Probably better than we do. You know Jesus hung from a cross and he looked around for his friends and couldn't find any. You know, he had John there. You know, like... Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Or Peter's like, oh, I don't know that guy. <laughs> like, yeah. psh, him? We just nope. spent three years together. Right. Yeah, you know, so they do know things. You know, Mary, again, I'm sure there were times where, where neighbors were not kind. 
Yeah. You know, they all knew she wasn't married yet. Uh, betrothed but not married. And they did the math. And they're like, wait a minute, this isn't adding up. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. Well, and I've had discussions with Monsignor Mangan that, you know, I often think about Mary and Joseph and Jesus, you know, the little family unit living in Nazareth. And I wonder if they were like the odd family in the group. Sure. Yeah. You yeah, know? we'd like to think like, oh, they'd be the most popular people and everybody would want to hang out with them. Well, maybe not. They were probably odd. Odd in the sense like they don't they don't conform. Right, right, right. Like that's, I think, where where you find that tension when someone doesn't conform to what you want them to. Mm. And then, and they're calling you out. Yeah. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day and the host of the podcast uh, swears a lot. Yeah. Uh, and he had somebody on who had said in the middle of it, I choose not to. Hmm. And it was really interesting because then the host began to try his best to not either hmm. because he, he understood it, you know. Um, but that, that when somebody holds up before us something that we know we should do or not do, uh, we have to be humble enough to not attack. You yeah, because some people's first response is anger. Right. Yeah. You know, like someone says grace in public, and you're like, well, what are they doing? They just want everybody to look at them. And, yeah. Well, no, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to be humble uh, and say maybe they're the one that's right, and they're not trying to do it to get anybody's attention. They're just being authentic. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. And I think that's sort of what saints discover in their life, is I'd rather be authentic and, and in line with what God wants than to play the game of always trying to appease other people. Because you'll never get there. No. No, you can never. I mean, that was the readings today. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. Jesus talks about this generation. It's like the kids in the street. You know, we played you a song and you wouldn't dance, and we played you a dirge and you wouldn't be sad. Like, John the Baptist came, you know, and he didn't eat and drink, and you you called him weird. And I come eating and drinking, and you call me a drunkard. Like, make up your mind. Yeah. Like, make up your mind. What is it? Boy, things haven't changed, no. have they? No. And so that ability to really say, are we letting God be the one that helps us to live authentically? Um, and to know that at times we're going to cave, and at times we're not going to do it right. And, you know, we get back up, and we try it again. And, and I think this is probably the hardest thing in our culture today. I don't know that we really give people a chance to be human. Mm. You know, the minute we find a flaw, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they joke that, you know, there's an order called the Augustinians mm-hmm. uh, founded uh, along the line of St. Augustine. But they joke that today Augustine wouldn't be allowed in his order <laughs> because of his oh. past. <laughs> like, oh. we're so critical. Like, we're so, you know, like, like oh, no, 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 no. You're, you wouldn't get in. Like, if you came today with his credentials, they'd be like. Sorry. Find another community. I suppose. So how do we live in an authentic way? How do we live in a way today where we can look at someone's humanity, someone's past, and then discern, has, is God working in this at this moment? Because he can't just let everybody in. But is God working in this? And is this person moving in a direction that, that they really are moving towards holiness? Yeah, and we're just called to love them. Yeah. Which is hard yeah. sometimes. Oh, really hard. So, okay, we're bantering here with Father Paul Rutten. We're broadcasting today from the St. Mary's Catholic Church in Sioux Falls. Yes. I was about to say the mustard seed. <laughs> oh, the mustard seed. Nope. 
<laughs> no, nope, but not. you can go visit the mustard seed if you want today. That'd be great. That's always good. That's Local always business. <laughs> Local. Business. Oh, we're from my office in the middle of my office. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to take a quick break when we come back. More with Father Paul Rutten. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Ben Frost from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota. I work with adult evangelization. I'm also a father of five children. And for me, I'm just so blessed to have Real Presence Radio in our area because the reality is, is life gets very busy. Uh, The many blessings of working in the church and also raising five children and being a husband. But sometimes I just need times to refuel and to just be present to the Lord. So for me, it's just such a blessing to go into my car in the busyness of my day and to turn on Real Presence Radio. And it really renews me. It fills me with the Holy Spirit and helps me to be a better father, helps me to be a better husband, and it helps me to be a better worker for our church. So I'm just very blessed that we have Real Presence Radio and we continue just to pray for the Lord's blessings and support for all of their amazing work. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. And we're at St. Mary's Catholic Church today in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we are just talking with Father Paul. Authenticity. Yes. Reeling, living a real life. Yeah. Because I, you know. Being authentic. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. So we were talking about God at Sunday. God at day. God at day Sunday. And then we were uh, talking about the readings from today. And I kind of asked you during the break, what was your homily about? Because you were talking about being authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the gospel today, we see Jesus says to the crowds, to what shall I compare this generation? They're like children in a marketplace. Uh, we played the flute. You did not dance. We sang a dirge, but you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, he's possessed by a demon. And then the Son of Man comes eating and drinking, and they say, he's a glutton and a drunkard. Uh, And this real challenge, like, the culture will never be happy with us. Uh, You know, and so this idea of are we trying to appease a culture that will never be pleased with us, that will never, will never, Mm -hmm. you'll never do it, you know? 
uh, in the midst of that. And so in the homily itself, um, the real challenge as well that I see this play out so often is in the area of life. You know, so some people will say, well, it's not a life in the womb. Uh, and so that's okay if we get rid of it. And other people say well, it's not really a life or a life worth living if it's in an electric chair. And so that one's worth getting rid of as well. And um, This real challenge to be able to say, how do we see the dignity of, of all life? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ability to be able to see God's grace in the midst of it. Um, and I think often it starts with our own self. Like when I can't see my own dignity and when I can't, experience how God's grace really transforms me, you know, then I, then I struggle to see it in another person or, uh, you know, or I only give it to the people that, that make me happy and mm-hmm. people I agree with. And, you know, and so it is a real challenge, you know, even within the church, you know, we seem to be divided, yeah. you know, on, on life issues or divided in these issues. And like, how do we live really authentically, uh, in all of that? Um, you know, uh, and it's well, and I always, you know, my daughter sometimes struggles with certain things, and and I'll say, "Do you know how much I love you?" Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, "Yeah, mom," you know, because we've always been buddies. Yep. You know, and I'm like, "Did you know that God loves you way more than I do?" Right. And that she can't, even me, I'll right. admit, struggle. Right. So think about the person who loves you the most on this face of the earth, mm-hmm. and someone loves you even more god but again i think the question is is well how do i feel that or experience that or or the real challenge if you really loved me right your daughter might say this to you if you really loved me mom you let me do what i want or you buy me this you know those kinds of things and so again you know you you scratch your head and you say what sort of god lets this happen Mm. you know one of the areas that i oh i mean i often struggle is like why does this really nice couple not be able to conceive children Mm -hmm. and this poor woman who's you know, living on the streets is on her eighth kid. Yeah. Like, Lord, like, where does this? And so I think, again, the problem is, is I have to step back and say, your ways are not my ways. And I don't know. And I have to just say, Lord, I don't understand. But I want to experience it. You know, the other day I, I said that to the parishioners, too, for daily mass. A baby doesn't understand love yeah. from an intellectual standpoint, mm-hmm. but it experiences it. Or doesn't, one or the other. You know, and so again, that ability to say, you know, God, I really do want to experience how much you love me. Mm. Um, and help me to get out of the way <laughs> when you're trying to do it. Because you can resist it, right? Your daughter can resist it as mm-hmm. well. You know, when you want to get, you know, snuggle with her. No, I don't want you to snuggle with me. So in what ways do we resist God's, you know? And sometimes I think it's in the sacrament of reconciliation. Like, will we really let ourselves be forgiven? Like, he just wants to forgive us. But will we let him? Hmm. You know? Because if he can forgive me, then he can forgive all these other people. And when I can really receive that forgiveness, then that's what I offer to them. You know? And that's what I want. I, before telling them to, sh- you know, get their life in order or stop doing this or stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to know how much you're loved. Like, that's what I want for them. Well, and so many troubles start or stem from that lack of knowledge. Right. Or knowing. Or experience, yeah. yeah. Or really experiencing a, a, a not good situation. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, how do you come out of that? Right. Uh, you know, at least I, we grew up in homes where we knew we were loved. And, right. You know? 
But again, somewhere in that, rejoice always this weekend. We're going to hear it. Rejoice in all circumstances. In all circumstances. Like give thanks. <laughs> no. Um, like that's a challenge. That is. Like, that's a real challenge for us. To be able to, to, and again, I think sometimes to not try to intellectualize it. Like, Get I want out of the way. Like I, I want to make it make sense. Like, what do you mean? How does this work? Lord, I don't understand. So help me in this circumstance. In this one, right here, Lord, I don't know how I'm supposed to rejoice. So, yeah. But your word says rejoice in all circumstances. So, what am I rejoicing about? It's COVID. Like, what is there to rejoice about? You know? <laughs> You're trying to figure out Christmas. Right. You know, and so this is the ability, I think, for us to say, we, we have to let God do this for us. And maybe every day is just a little bit more of giving up, mm-hmm. letting go. Yep. And then as you discover it and experience it, you realize, and I think this is what the saints discovered is at some point they realized when they stopped trying to do it, Mm -hmm. uh, God did it for them, you know? And so when they didn't get the results, they thought they could go back to God and trust that you're still at work. You were at work before. You're still at work in this, you know? Um, And so we're going to try. And it's hard because, again, as you know, everyone has an opinion, you know? So trying to navigate COVID, everyone has an opinion. (laughs) And so again, as, as a, a, you know, the pastor, mm-hmm. how do you gather as much information, as many opinions, and then make a decision, uh, perfectly consider it, be willing to adjust it, you know, and then to say, well, this is what we're going to do, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not going to please everybody, but good luck on that. Yeah. So we'll be praying for thanks. it. Thanks. So that's, <laughs> uh, that's how I'm becoming a saint lately. <laughs> Thank you, COVID. Christmas mass. (laughs) Man. Well, I I love talking about all of that kind of stuff just because it's such a good reminder to constantly throughout the day invite God into everything. Yeah. Be a part of it all. Yeah. Because he is. (laughs) Whether we like it or not, he is a part of it. (laughs) But again, that willingness to just like hand it over Mm -hmm. and say, yep, you know what you're doing. Um, And then you can live the moment better. Because then you're not worried about everything, you know, because either you're living in the future or living in the past and you're missing the present. And, uh, and yeah. It's right here. And he's always faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you do begin to see it, you know, as you look back and like, here we go. So. <laughs> well, we're going to have Father Darren Schmidt. Oh, yes. He's going to be up next. And then at the, the last half hour, we're going to be talking with Bishop John Fulda. <sighs> oh, my gosh. So, have you met him before? Mm, I don't think I have. Wow. I don't get out much. You don't? Nope. You're stuck here at St. Mary's. Well, I'm just not, like, I don't know. I'm not stuck at St. Mary's. <laughs> I'm kind of a homebody. <laughs> you got lots to do. Yep. I let my brothers meet everybody and then, and then. Oh, yeah. Okay. That works. So that works, too. See, yeah. in my family, we call it the token Baldwin, because my maiden name is Baldwin. Oh, okay. So, we show up to an event... And good family friends of ours are the Shamlings. We have token Shamlings, token Baldwin. <laughs> you know, you just send a token. One. Yep. <laughs> so That's good. You know, Joe's there. Joe is the token. <laughs> I think Joe will be the token. Joe will be the token rutten. Yep. 
I mean, He's it works. He's in all kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. It works. Yeah, and so hopefully people are, you know, finding something in the midst of all of this for, for Christmas. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like it's going to be subdued. Uh, but what the heck? It was probably subdued the first Christmas. Yeah. You know, they were a forced edict. They had to travel. Uh, there was no place to stay. Uh, like, like that. that's not exciting. Uh, and I think it is important. Like, like that's not just like a nice idea. Like they really knocked on doors and they really got turned away. Like they, it really was not a convenient time to travel. Yeah. You know, and so whenever I feel like I'm being inconvenienced, I'm like, well, the Holy Family, you know, and they could say, well, we've got God with us. Like, come on, can't you, like, can't you open a door for us? Like, like what good is it to bring the Savior of the world with you if you can't even get a hotel room? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, how many times do we not get what we want? And we think, <laughs> you know, I'm not telling. Uh, right. <laughs> and then they're in Egypt and they got, you know, like all these things. Like it was not easy. And they just traveled for four days on a donkey. Yeah. Like, really? Mm-hmm. Like this is. And yet it was God's will. You know, and you think about the people that got to meet him because they traveled and you know, all of those things. And, you know, and I said the other day, you wonder, how, like, like how many times they just sort of looked at the baby Jesus <laughs> and thought, that's God. Yeah. Have you ever seen that clip of Jimmy Stewart? Um, and I don't remember which movie it's from, but if you Google YouTube Jimmy Stewart Nativity, he did it in one take, and it was him walking up to the cave or oh, wow. and kind of looking around like what is going on and then he realized that it was the baby Jesus and oh. he just starts bawling. Oh my gosh. And they said he did it in one take and it is just really powerful oh, no, I haven't and seen that very one. moving. So you have to look it. it up. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Good old Jimmy Stewart. Good old days. Yep, we could use a few new Jimmy Stewarts in Hollywood. I know. Right. But We'll pray for him. We'll pray for him. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have Father Darren Schmidt on the line and see what he's got to say about the Gospel of Mark. He wrote a little bit about it. All right. We'll see what he says. We'll be right back with more Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting today from St. Mary's Catholic Church in Sioux Falls. Stay with us. Stay with us. 